610 Sports Radio for our second annual Playoff Pilsner Beer Release Party on Friday, January 13th, starting at 6 at Cinderblock Brewery in North Kansas City. KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, and Odyssey Station. Welcome to Cody and Gold on 610 Sports Radio. On today's show, McColl gets activated right before the deadline. One AFC team that could go on a playoff run and nearing a resolution in the Bills-Bengals cancellation. Special guests include Dane and Hughes at 11. Now two guys who have already given up on their New Year's resolutions. Cody Tapp and Alex Gold. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have one. I also didn't have yeah, one. Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't set one up. You just cut was yours to do a better Nick- job running the board? Because you already uh, just completely. I thought you were so upset that we didn't have it. You said, cut the music. <laughs> cut <laughs> the music. That's what's going to happen, I feel like. Just no, I, everything I just one. went blank. We know so. what Nick's was. Nick, Nick is doing dry January. That's I guess that's part of it. But he also said he was really that's groggy. Not New Year's, just, that's not a New Year's it's resolution, clo- though. Then you have one? This yeah, is as close, close as it gets, man. It's the same thing. Now, Rob Collins had great advice when he was in with I'm me. I'm sure he did. On Friday, yeah. he said, if you need the calendar to turn <laughs> to tell you to start a good habit, then you're but already that's lost. that's what you just did. What? The calendar turned to January, and you said dry January. It was only because of how much drinking I did in December. I could have drank a lot in July, and then I'd be doing a— But nobody does dry dr- July. People do dry January or February. Yeah, usually. because mo- like, because I don't usually drink that much. I really think Rob Collins, by the way, RC50— uh, life, life coach. By the way, life coach. Rob Collins g- gifted uh, Chris Unosera and I a bottle of scotch each on Friday. So each? Interesting each? timing to do dry January after getting a, a nice bottle. Okay, yeah. it's official. The next time Rob Collins yeah, is in on this show, yeah, yeah. we have to, as a show, get him a gift. I think so. I think it needs to happen. Even though the I last think. time he got me a gift, it was not a gift. It was a... It was egg an salad. egg salad sandwich yeah. I didn't want to eat. I, I do think he, the both of you got something nice. He he should just be a life coach as well on the side for people. I think that would be a really good decision uh, for, for Rob Collins as well. I'm sure we'll get Rob back in the next week or two. We usually do. We usually do. But we I, owe him a gift. We do. We do. I do want to. I told him I'd bring him some chili. Oh, hit. Well, the kind he brought was pretty damn good. Green chili. Yeah, I haven't had yours. So we'll see how that goes. Okay. I did want to give a quick update before we get into uh, the McCall Hartman uh, being activated for the 53-man roster. In the last half hour or so, there was a, an update coming from the Buffalo Bills in regards to the health of DeMar Hamlin. Uh, the Bills putting out a statement uh, reading, quote, per the, per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, DeMar has shown remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact his lungs continue to heal, and he is making steady progress. We are grateful for the love and support we have received. So obviously, fantastic news as he continues continues to trend in the right direction with his health going forward. That's the kind of update we were hoping to get and hope to continue to get better updates as uh, the days uh, continue yeah. to progress. So uh, awesome news there uh, with the health of DeMar Hamlin. So just wanted to, to point that out real quick before we got into to anything else. And we know the NFL, potentially today, if not tomorrow, will be making a decision on what they're going to do about that uh, Bills and Bengals game. Cole Harvey, I think the reporter for ESPN, who's done a really good job, he's kind of been on that story from the very beginning, did say that he can confirm DeMar Hamlin's been gripping the hands of family members and everything. That's like, awesome, I know That's, but that's like, awesome that, news. No, that's great. That's the kind of stuff, because I, I'd heard last, like the Bills were reporting last night that, you know, the, the Hamlin family had come in to speak to the entire team. Something they, you know, like Adam Schefter said, the team really needed. These are the kind of things that can 
really help you start to heal and feel better if you're a member of the Buffalo Bills or the Cincinnati Bengals or even just a player who plays in the NFL and this. Because, like, you and I are just like, it just feels nice to get good news because for those first, what, two, three hours after, the initial questions of, like, you know, like, are they just going to be okay? Like, are they just going to live? And then, then you're like, are they going to be, like, mentally okay? Like, all the things that come with it. Seems like at least right now, all the news has been good over the last 48 hours, which is nice. Coming up in about 25 minutes, we will get to uh, the latest on what potentially the NFL is going to do. There's some momentum, at least, to one idea of what the league is likely to do involving Cincinnati and Buffalo. What are the, the repercussions there on the football end uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs? So we'll get to that in, in just a little bit. But you heard Nick during his intro mention uh, kind of the deadline yesterday at 3 o'clock and what could happen prior to that deadline, what needed to happen from McCall Hardman. And it did. He was activated uh, to the 53-man roster. So he is eligible to play again. We'll hear from Andy in the 1 o'clock hour today. It doesn't mean he's going to play necessarily on Saturday. At this point, would um, you play him? I wouldn't. I just wait. Yeah. I just wait. Continue to if, – if it was – if it was this close the last go around, I would wait. I think there's probably some that would say, well, can you get him like 10 snaps just to, to get him out there? It's been six weeks or whatever it is at this point in time. I guess there, there's some thought maybe with that. But just because he was activated doesn't mean he's going to play on Saturday. But it means that they believe he'll be eligible to play or they believe he'll be available, I should say, to play at some point in the postseason. Because you, you activate him because you believe he's going to be available for you at some point wildcard weekend, divisional round, AFC title game, whatever it may be. I know, like, I obviously think he's an important player to the offense, but I'll be honest, I am a little fearful that the timing in which he's finally coming back is going to make it difficult for the impact I thought could occur if he was going to come back sooner. He's now missed the entire second half of the season. They figured out how to live their lives without McCall Hardman. I don't know that it would have been better. I think it probably would have been if he had been there the entire time. And we could have seen the full breadth of the offense altogether. And certainly McCole Hardman has to understand and know his role better than a guy like Tony, just based on the sheer number of years he has been in there. But I'm not so sure that McCole's a big boost as much as it is just like, okay, I'm glad he's around. It feels like they've reconfigured themselves a little bit. Will you feel differently if let's say he does play at all Saturday where, you know, whether you want to say he's shaken off the rust or not, or needs to shake off the rust. If he plays on Saturday against the Raiders and gets, some snaps and maybe looks effective in doing that. Does it change your, your thought? Because maybe I, a little I, bit, I, I do think based on what we've seen from Tony and, and McKinnon as well, to a certain extent. Yeah. They, they know that that is an option for, for them as well, but getting McCall Harmon back makes this offense better. So, if they end up, but, but, it, uh, I, but, but to me, it's like with each passing time, it's just like a little bit. The problem is, is that let's say the chiefs get the buy, which is certainly possible and something we can discuss here in just a minute. The Chiefs won't play a game until what? The weekend of the 21st? I think that's right. Yeah. He last played on November 6th. It will be two and a half months since the last time he played football. And then what? I'm just supposed to count on him in a divisional round game? That doesn't seem likely. It feels like it would be limited in his access to the field, how many snaps he would get, et cetera. Like to me, the amount of, McCall Hartman's going to fix this thing. The thing that makes the, the, the big difference is the thing we talked about from the beginning. He had, he is more explosive than most of the other players around him, right? Like, so there's a better chance McCall Hardman can take a play 50 yards than some of the other guys on the field. But that's also just not how they're operating right now. They're not trying to take 50 yards at a time. They're taking 20 yard chunks that start seven yards from the line of scrimmage over and over and over again. And so I don't know that their reinvention of themselves 
leaves the same room for McColl that it used to. They're better. I'm not I'm not arguing that. But I, I think it might – I don't think I'm quite as high on that as I would have been even a month ago if he had started coming back. Yeah, uh, what was the – what was your feeling on where he was at to begin with? Because that, that's my I only thing. I thought he'd be back by now. Well, no. So, yeah, I thought he'd be back by now. I just mean if you're saying that you thought his role would be bigger. His role sure. wasn't that big to begin with, though. Right? I mean, his last game, he did have nine targets and six catches against Tennessee for, what, 79 yards. That was his best output of the entire season at that point. But prior to that, four ca- even in the 44-point performance against the Niners, it was four catches for 32. It was against Buffalo in the loss. Three catches for 42. I mean, he's only gone over 50 yards twice this season. But it's about so the it's same like, number of yards per game he had last year. He had a role, a good role, a role he was good at last year, especially late. What I'm saying is I don't think it takes much, though. So It's not like you're trying to all of a sudden he's been out for, for eight weeks and you're trying to get him back to being a consistent 90-plus sure. yard receiver per game. When, when you have the, I will still, I won't call it gadgety, but still kind of a, a niche role that he has for this football team at the wide receiver spot. I don't, I don't think it's as difficult for him to get back in the swing of things and give you output when you're only targeting him three times a game anyway. Sure, but there was it took till the second half of last year for them to really firmly decide, this is what McColl's good at and this is how we're going to use him. I think it's going to be hard to just rework him back into that. Even in just the red zone stuff, because which is where he's effective? Maybe, maybe there, but they found a system that works there. No, but if it's not broke, why fix it, right? right but I aren't mean, you just adding to just it? Just throwing it to like, Jarek McKinnon's working. But don't you always want to add to it? Like, it's not, you're not taking, I don't I don't think they're looking at it as, hey, McColl's back, we're using Jarek McKinnon less. I don't think that's at, what it is at all. They're using somebody less if they're going to throw it to McColl. Sure, now, I think it's less snaps Justin for Justin. Watson. Yeah, less for Justin Watson. Maybe it takes a few snaps from MVS. Like. Maybe a few snaps from MVS. A little too late for you in our bet, but but yeah. yeah. Which, no, I'm not about the bet. I just... Justin Watson is the kind of player I don't want the ball going to in crunch time. Well, he's it's some fine drops that he right exists. It's fine that he exists. This is a, I will we'll forever on this show call this the Ryan O'Hearn paradox. <laughs> I am not against the player as they sit and what they're capable of doing. My issue is the way in which they are used. Justin Watson in games will sometimes get 60, 70% of the snaps. No, I don't want that. That's not how I want Justin Watson used. I want him used in like wow. 20% of the snaps. I don't want Ryan O'Hearn playing 120 games. My issue is not with him. My issue is that he should play like 50 games. I get it. I, I think in fairness, the reason why the snaps were up for Justin it's Watson. It's because there were a lot of injuries yeah, for, for yes. Let's not forget. At the same time, at one point, you had Tony and Hardman out. Yeah, it's only and been, what, and two, missed a two weeks. Bit. And Ju- Yeah, so I mean, that that's why the that, that that's why you've seen more snaps for Justin Watson over the last month and a half is because you've had multiple injuries. And, it, and to his credit, he actually, I understand the frustration with the drops, considering the type of player that he is, he's actually been, I think, more than what people really thought he would be fine. coming into this yeah. season. It's always just like relative to the production. We've talked a lot about a player who's going to finish the season with like, I don't know, 260 yeah. yards. That's a lot of, com- but he plays, it's a little bit like where Demarcus Robinson was like, man, you play a lot for 260 yards. That's a lot of play. You've had a lot of snaps for 260 yards on offense. If you were a second round pick, we'd be having a very different conversation, sure. but you were a free agent wide receiver who was picked up just off the street You're available a special teams player. And he's done a good job filling in when asked to fill in. But when you talk about a guy, you know, like just from a, you know, a, a snap perception, you're like, you don't get like, you would like a player who plays the amount he plays to do more. If that makes sense, but it's fine. Just as long as when, like, that's what I want. I want McColl to take snaps from him. Yeah, because I think there was a stat, I don't know, in October we referenced where we said, hey, McColl Hardman, and even at that point in time, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 
Like, man, both those guys, how effective they had been in the red zone. Well, Jarek McKinnon's replaced Clyde and, and, and Moore, of course, in the red zone. And then for a little while, you didn't have McCole Hardman, and they were trying to figure out how do you make up for that. It was Tony to a certain extent. It was other guys. So that's why I, I, the, the reason why I still think McCole Hardman will be a red zone factor for this team come playoff time is because he was one of their best red zone weapons. That doesn't just, to me, just go away. I don't think that just ends. He was effective for a reason in that role. In fairness, Justin Watson hasn't been that for this team. He's got two touchdowns. Both of them were not like red zone-y touchdowns, right? One was the 50-yard touchdown catch against J.C. Jackson against the Chargers, and it's that's what it is. But he's played 464 snaps for 260 yards. That's definitively just one of those, use them the right way, and I got no problem with his existence. We'll talk more about McCole Hartman with Dane and Hughes, former Chiefs wide receiver, is going to join us coming up at 11 o'clock. Get his perspective on how do you ease McCole back in? Does he think his role's going to ever get back to what it was? We'll get into that with Dane in, in just a little while. Uh, we know this weekend is massive, though, for, for playoff implications, not just the, the one game that everybody's been focused in on because of the unknown and the, the, the tiebreakers and win percentage, whatever it's going to come down to. The Chargers most likely are going to win this weekend. That would be over the Denver Broncos. They're going to end up as, what, an 11-win football team? After, yeah. ev- a- after after everything, man, an 11-win football team. Look, I've enjoyed as much as anybody making fun of the people who choose the Chargers to win the AFC West, who choose the Chargers to win the Super Bowl before the season, who, you know, gush about a 4-4 four and four team, which they were earlier in the year, or below 500, which they were earlier in the year. Um the Chargers are good, and we should probably be careful about making fun of them because they're – I know that other people have said this and that have had to walk it back, but the Chargers are a dangerous football team who can absolutely win a couple of playoff games. They are by far and away the team most likely to be this year's Cincinnati Bengals on the AFC or NFC side. They have a uber-talented quarterback. They have a ton of talented offensive weapons. And now they're playing really good defense with a dominant defensive player. That's normally the makeup of a team that should scare you. And they should, to be clear, scare you a little bit. There's a chance as the playoffs line up right now, the Chargers could be your second round matchup. How'd you like to face that team a third time? Who plays you like the best version of themselves when they play you anyway? And now they're playing everybody that way, if it makes sense. It looks like the Chargers, as is right now, five seed. Uh, so you put yourself in that perspective. You know, they would be going on the road to Jacksonville or going on the road to Tennessee. And if they won, yeah, there's a good chance they would end up going to the one seed, which may or may not be Kansas City, because the six seed currently is still up in the air a little bit. It looks like maybe that's going to be Baltimore. And if that's the case, there's a chance Baltimore and Cincinnati could actually play each other in back-to-back weeks. They're already playing each other on Sunday, and there's a chance that they could play play again. I think the key for the Chargers uh, is seeing that they're healthy now, right, which has always been the story. Do you believe that they will actually still be healthy <laughs> when the games matter the most? You know, the, Is there an injury that's happening this weekend? Are they, do you believe that they can make it multiple games in a row with being injury-free? Because they're going to get Bosa back. The key for them offensively is having Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Austin Eckler has been incredible for them this season. But th- if those guys are healthy with what Justin Herbert is, yeah, that, that makes them extremely dangerous. The only thing that's funny on the whole, like the Cincinnati comparison from a year ago, and I, I agree with you that they are the team that fits the billing the most now. We we thought for a while that that was going to be the Dolphins. But that was the that was kind of yeah, the national sure. narrative for up until a month and a half ago when the Dolphins have just kind of spiraled well, down. They had and, a bunch of quarterback injuries and, too. But, but even when Tua just played the last four weeks prior to the injury, they weren't. Football, they yeah. as a team had lost three in a row prior to the the latest Tua concussion, and we don't know what the long term outlook is for for Tua and his future in the league, let alone uh, the, the Miami Dolphins. But I I think that was the team that fit the billing. Only thing Cincinnati did win their division last year, you know. So they. 
it's it's tougher even for LA to do what the charge what the yeah, Bengals did. Yeah, but it's easier for Cincinnati to win their division last year. No offense. Like it sucks for the Chargers. Like this right, is the part. But, like the Chargers are like they play against the Chiefs. Man. Right, but it's, it's hard. not what going on the road for three straight weeks. The Cincinnati yeah, did not have Cincinnati did not have to do that last year. Yeah, so, but they only had to play. They got what, one home game. Yeah, one home game. I mean, the, the three in a row. I'm just saying, like it's. Sure. They're the closest team to that, but it'll be an even tougher path is all I'm saying for, for the chargers based off of uh, where they're at in terms of the, the seating and the, the potential matchups they're going to have to deal with along the way on the road. All of them. Are you taking the them serious now? Yeah. Like, I think I spent a long time um, like joking about them. They are clearly a dangerous team. I'm taking them serious, but I think this happens also a lot when there's a, a, a well, there's always one wild card team. I feel like. You know, and everybody's like, not that one. I feel like yeah. there's a, like last year the seven seed was the Steelers. Okay, we all were like, okay, what a, what, what, what a joke. I'm trying to remember who the six seed was last year. Who was the six seed? The five seed last year was also Probably the Raiders. No, they played a home game. No, they the, Ra- home game. the Raiders were six the six seed. Yeah. So okay, well, you know, and the Raiders actually gave the uh, Cincinnati Bengals runs for their money, right? Yeah, they did. They didn't win. So I, I think since the Chargers would would scare you a little bit if you're uh, that four seed, Jacksonville, Tennessee, the Chargers. Uh, would probably be favorites in that game, by the way. If you told me the Chargers were going on the road to Jacksonville. The succeeded San Francisco squad beat Dallas last year yeah. in the NFC side. So, Chargers, can they win a playoff game? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to win three in a row and go on this great run? Like, since the, I, I, I don't believe that's happening. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Chargers won a single playoff game. And to your point, if that happened, there would be a decent chance if everything plays out the way it looks like it's going to, I mean, that you would that be hosting would the like Chargers a, in the divisional round. Or take a Patriots, Dolphins, Steelers, or Ravens upset as the playoff seating currently stands. And there's even more coming out about that. I know we're going to discuss it here coming up in 10 minutes. Adam Schefter is now in ESPN reporting still the options. And that they expect something to be announced before the kickoff of the Chiefs Good. game that on needs to Saturday. Ha- that needs to happen that way. Honestly, I kind of want to know what the Chiefs, what everything they're playing for. We understand no matter what, no matter decision they make here, the Chiefs are going to have to play for that game. But a lot of this is, this goes back to probably the conversation we had yesterday. It's easy, really easy, to talk yourself into any of the teams you would have to play, two, three, four, five, six, not wanting to play them. Because, and now some of that is, you know, what do the Ravens look like if Lamar actually plays in the postseason? Yeah, we don't know if he's playing. Because if it's Hundley, then I don't care. Right. I don't care about the Ravens. But if you've seen any large statistical metric that suggests success, if Lamar Jackson plays for the Ravens, they are so much better. I know, shocking, that if a team gets their MVP <laughs> caliber quarterback back, they're a much better football team. As a matter of fact, they probably win that division this year. If Lamar Jackson is healthy all year, we're having a very different conversation about when and if you might have to play Cincinnati. The same thing happened last year for Baltimore, except this year they've, they've been good enough to where they're still a playoff team. Last year, Lamar got hurt, and they spiraled down. Remember, they had the huge Super Bowl-esque win for them against the Chiefs in Week 2 or whatever it was a year ago, and and everybody thought that they were the team to beat. Then Lamar got hurt, and they never recovered. This year, they at least were able to, to be uh, stabilizing enough to where they're a playoff team and still, I guess, have an outside chance to win the division, depending a, on what happens. In a weird week. way, even with the injuries, I know that that might mean he doesn't end up back in Baltimore. If that's the case, it will be quarterback lottery for all these teams that have talented rosters that need a quarterback. Like if you're the New York Giants and you have a talented roster and all of a sudden could add a dynamic player at quarterback, be all over, or the Jets. See, I still think Lamar will be there next year because so they're going to they're going to tag him. They're not going to not walking right. So they're, they're not getting them. They're not moving on for nothing. So he's going to be tagged, and then they're going to spend all off season talking about an extension. And even if they don't get one, 
he's going to play on the tag. If you're the year. Houston Texans and you end up the number one overall pick, which will happen if they lose this weekend, they technically can't fall to the two. Yeah. But if, which would make Chicago the one. That's why Chicago started Peterman. If they can say it's just the health of Justin Fields, I also think Ryan Poles, their GM, is smart enough to know Fine that. To lose. Yeah. Well, they know if they like their quarterback, Justin Fields, they can get in this year's quarterback draft a haul for the number one overall pick. They can do whatever they want. They can trade it to whoever they want for a bunch of picks, and they know that. But the question is, like, if you were going to do that, say you were going to give up three first-round picks for for Bryce Young or CJ, whoever the, your guy is there at the top of the draft, wouldn't you rather just give up those picks for Lamar Jackson? feel like I would. That's that's way less. The only unknown I have there is injury, not talent. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Do, if I were the Texans, I, I wouldn't. I'm starting. No, I would not. Really? Nick, would what not. would you do? Like, if your choice, if you were the Texans, is no. to draft the number. Like, let's just say you can just sign it. Like, you can trade the number one overall pick for Lamar Jackson. You got to pay him or you got to draft C.J. Stroud. It doesn't matter. Whichever guy you want. Yeah. Do, what do you do? I draft Bryce Young first overall. I'm not, I don't want to give up draft assets to go get Lamar Jackson. If I'm, if I'm in the spot where the Texans are, there's, if you want to tell me other teams that are just on the fringe of being a playoff Jets. team or a, a true contender, I think it's a different conversation. It's taking so if much you're starting, out you're, of it. you're starting from scratch anyway if you're the Texans. You can't you know, pay a quarterback. fail all the time. No, but, Cody, stop. The, be, <laughs> the, best, the best asset that exists in the NFL is a great quarterback on the rookie contract. Yeah, we know this. True. So if you're a terrible team, which the Texans are, what good exactly. does it have? Does it do you to have a franchise quarterback with literally well, nothing I, around him I, that I, will? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to give up draft assets and then also have yeah my quarterback on a top five highest paid quarterback salary. We're describing the Browns' plan, you know, right? I, We're yeah. having, we essentially the way, could be having this conversation and, about. But here's the difference: what the happened Browns, with the Browns? They well, got a quarterback from the Texans who wanted out because the team was so lousy. But, but so also, just go get another good quarterback. Also, I would argue the difference for the Browns is the Browns there were... There was some other stuff going on there, Nick, in fairness. And like the Browns were already a French playoff team. Like Next year, people are going to pick the Browns to make the playoffs. You know, like In their mind, they're close, right? We can laugh and say they're not, but in their mind, they're close. The Texans are not going to the playoffs next year just like that. So it's it's a longer process for them versus the Browns. They would they nope. think they have a good enough defense and weapons with Nick Chubb that yeah. they can go and win a division by now having Deshaun. It's it's a, I think they're two different spots. And to your point, like you can get to the playoffs in two years if you draft the right quarterback. See the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like it doesn't True. take like you can turn it around pretty quick if you get the right guy and you got a bunch of cheap contracts and then you go sign. You spend your money on other players, not your quarterback. And hope for the best. Yeah, and there's, I mean, and there's I a it. chance we haven't seen enough from Davis Mills. Like, maybe you run that back <laughs> just one more time. What about well, Jeff Driscoll, man? I mean, you know, Jeff Driscoll, hey, that two-quarterback system's working great Daniel down there. Daniel Jones, it took him four years, so. It took see. him four <laughs> years to turn in 85% of Alex Smith. Nice job, man. We're happy for you, Daniel. Yeah, and, you know, Davis Mills doesn't have nearly the supporting cast that Daniel Jones. So give him another year, maybe two, before we really hit the reset button. So then Mike Kafka, future head coach of the Texans, yeah, next year. Okay. With Bryce Young. With Bryce Young. I mean, you could do worse than a Absolutely, restart Absolutely, you could. Absolutely. I still think the ownership sucks in Houston. That's a problem, but, you know. Hey, at least they got rid of the snake oil salesman, so they, they call did. that a win. He is out. I don't know what he's doing these, day, these days. Jack Easterby? Yeah. I don't know. Leading a cult, probably, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Coming up next, there is at least momentum towards one solution involving Cincinnati and Buffalo. What it means for the Chiefs, next. There's Kelsey to the end zone. Cody and Gold brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss the Chiefs' red half hour every day at 1130 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. 
Back here on Cody and Gold, just getting started on a Thursday. Again, former Chiefs wide receiver Dane and Hughes going to join us at 11 o'clock. There was a report from Mike Florio that there was momentum towards the NFL making a decision on what they're going to do with this Chiefs uh, potential tiebreakers, therefore the Cincinnati and Buffalo game. And that initially we're going to talk about anyway, which was that they were going to not make up the Buffalo and Cincinnati game, and they would just go off a win percentage. And we have our own reaction to that. But there's a new idea being floated out from Adam Schefter (laughs) on NFL uh, Live, I believe it was, and Pete Sweeney kind of highlighted some of it on his Twitter account. But listen to this. This is not saying it's going to happen. This is an idea. This is an option that is out there that's being discussed, that the NFL is considering allowing the number one seed to pick home field or a bye week. Another option An AFC title game between two teams with differing number of games, so this would be that, is go neutral site. No decision made yet. What are we doing, Cody? Honestly. Let's get weird. What are we doing? I say it's just an option that's being floated out there. It might be option number 20 is for all we know. And it's it's interesting. It's different. It's out of the box. But what are we doing? You can be sensitive to the issue, which we all are. And trying to understand that the Bills didn't do anything wrong to be in this spot. Nobody disagrees with that, of course. It's an unfortunate circumstance. We love the update we got the, about an hour ago, which is that DeMar Hamlin, is, his health is getting better. But we're talking about football right now. We are. I'm sorry. There's, the league is moving on. We're talking about football and competitiveness. Since when are we going to change the seeding procedure to where now the one seed is not worth both home field and a bye? You take home field, what are right? We do- I don't know. Wait, no. God, you take the bye? Here, here's a stat. That's in not the last cut four as years, home teams are 24 and 20 in the NFL playoff games. So they're barely above 500. They were five. They were seven and five last year, six and six in 2020, six and four in 2019, and five and five in 2018. So that would say just take the bye. Do I, whatever. I right? am, take the bye. Play one last game. It is a very interesting decision if this actually happened. That would have to be made by Clark Hunt and the Chiefs organization. Assuming the Chiefs won against the Chiefs, the Chiefs have to choose home field. Right, you might the, get three home games. Either way, the Chiefs would have to beat the Raiders. That still isn't. That is still always part of any of these options. For it to, you know, the Chiefs have to beat the Raiders yes. for this to matter. But yeah, it'd be a tough decision because there's the idea that if you're a fan to some extent, you're saying, "Well, I want the home games. I want to play at Arrowhead." But I also look at it as I'm trying to have to win as few games as possible to get to a Super Bowl. A few games that I could potentially lose, Cody. And if I take the bye, I only have to play and win two games, two games without a loss versus trying to play three football games in a row without a loss. Even if we can look at the seven seed and say, okay, that's an easy opponent and all that, but anything can happen. It is the NFL and you would have to play three games, including an AFC title game. If it was against Buffalo on the road, suddenly, no, no, because your home field advantage, you're choosing that or the bye. So in my opinion, you would play three games, but you would get to play. If you did the three games, you get to play in an arrowhead. Or this neutral site, though. There's that, the other part is they're saying that this is a neutral site. I think, look, if, I, if they really forced Kansas City to choose, like it's, if they beat the Raiders this week and they said, all right, your choice, either a home field advantage or the bye, I think you have to take the bye. From a competitive. Nick, you, which way do you? I'm just curious. I, like, yeah, let's take a yeah, vote. Which yeah. one would you do? From a. From a you want the Chiefs to win a Super yep. Bowl standpoint, bye. not if you want to go bye. to the, not if you want to go to Arrowhead. Yeah, I'm taking the bye. 
It's two games versus three, man. It's two versus three. And you can still three. hope Cincinnati or somebody else knocks off Buffalo in that and one game, still right? And, and maybe, because like in this case, right, they're still the two. How's this? Here's the part I don't <laughs> understand is the one part about this hypothetical that Adam yeah. Schefter explained is both teams, the Cincinnati wins and it goes to seed. Do you get the five, six, seven matchup because you chose home field advantage? Or do you still have to get the two, three matchup and you got to take on Cincinnati? Because that might change my answer. If the answer is I have to play three games and my second round matchup is most likely to be Cincinnati and my third round matchup is most likely to be Buffalo, I'm not so sure I shouldn't take the other. My guess is under this, this would be this option would be contingent on both the Chiefs and the Bills winning this weekend, first of all. And it would mean that essentially the Chiefs would be the one A and the Bills would kind of be the two or one B. And the actual matchups would still be as if the Bills were the two seed. But the only difference is the buy slash the home field. This is a horrible. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, if you didn't take home field, the Chiefs as one A would be playing seven seed. Does that make sense? And the the two seed would be out of the picture for one weekend. (laughs) All right. So this is is, I'll be honest. This is of the many bad ideas. This is one of the worst. Yes, it's way too complicated. <laughs> um this is so I think it's what happened too messy. Do you want to know what I think actually has happened? That Adam Schefter is very well connected and this might be one of 10 options the league has considered and this one's just kind of spicy and a little juicy and this is the one that he decided to go to the air with this the morning. The neutral site makes more um, sense than choose home field or the buy. It absolutely does. It makes way more, infinitely more sense than I think let's completely change how we've always done playoff seating forever. Would you, if you were Clark Hunt, we know the, the financial ramifications of hosting AFC title games. Or the chance I, of hosting think, three straight. I think if you're Clark Hunt, you would have to ask Andy Reid and say, hey, what, what gives us the best chance for the Super Bowl, Andy? Yeah. And I think, and I would actually, I, I, I deep down believe that that is actually, I think Clark Hunt would go with whatever Andy wanted in this from, because you're talking about, we can talk about hosting a playoff game and as great as that is. There is also a nice financial windfall if you win a Super Bowl, Cody. Wouldn't, wouldn't and what be, makes it easier to win a Super Bowl playing less football games in the playoffs? Wouldn't this be one of the most hilarious ways that your streak of hosting <laughs> AFC championship <laughs> games could end? We've hosted four straight AFC championship games. What happened to the fifth? Oh, uh, we were the number one seed, but we played the Bills in Buffalo. You're like, I'm sorry. Go back. What? None of this makes any again, sense. Again, if you're just tuning in, Adam Schefter has mentioned the NFL's considering an option to settle this uh, dilemma, I guess, with tie-breaking procedures and the Bills likely not making up their game, it looks like, against Cincinnati, therefore not having the same amount of games played and, and complicating things, that they're considering options allowing the number one seed to pick home field or a bye week. Another option, uh, an AFC, AFC title game between two teams with differing number of games is a neutral site, no decision made. So, now, let me, let me, can I throw out this scenario? Like, it, what would happen... Is this only contingent on both the Chiefs and Bills winning? Because what happens if the Chiefs lose? Okay, and the Bills lose. And well, and then the Chiefs Cincinnati will be, well, and yeah, so yeah, what happens in that scenario? I don't know. Can Cincinnati? Because can Cincinnati tie for the one though? If that happened, if depends on if they play their game or not. Well, I think this this option is only this option is assuming they do not make up the Bills Cincinnati game. There's no you wouldn't need this option. You know what I'm saying? You wouldn't need this option if you were making up the Bills Cincinnati game. Then the Chiefs I mean. would automatically have one not- more win than Cincinnati, half a more win, right? Or they would have one more win in the win column. But it'd be the same thing we're talking about with the Bills. Yeah. They should technically deserve a part of that conversation if they are to win and the Chiefs and the Bills are to lose. Then what? Give them three choices? I, I, this is why it's not going to happen. This idea is not. Let me just be very clear. I do not think in any way this will happen. I'll eat another egg salad sandwich 
if this idea actually comes to fruition. And we can wait for the one that shows up in the vending machine, not even like the grocery store quality one that Rob Collins got. I don't think it's going to happen, especially because in that same report, Adam Schefter did say that they're hoping to announce their decision before the kickoff of these games on Saturday. I think you would have to do so much explaining of the 1,000 possible scenarios that would have to occur in order for these things to even come into effect before this game. It's too complicated. You have to choose lowest common denominator, right? Choose the simple solution who affects the least amount of teams. That's really what you're looking for here. Yeah, the two. So Schefter and, and Nick, maybe we can get the I'll get you to the link. Maybe we can get the audio of exactly this this full report now from Adam Schefter that's now been out there. At, and and he, he's, he believes the NFL will not look to resume the Bengals Bills game. It seems like that continues to now be more where everybody's leaning every trending, re- yeah. every report that they're not going to make up the, the Bills Bengals game, and that's why these scenarios so the have to play will out. Stay the same. Yeah, and, and and so the league is working towards either that crazy scenario of the one seed choosing between getting a buy or home field with the two getting whatever is not picked or working towards a, a potential neutral site game. I, that seems like that's becoming more likely though. And I, I, I honestly don't know what we're doing here. I really don't. And I, you and I went back and forth yesterday and, and, and you mentioned, Hey, imagine if you were in Buffalo, what would your mindset be? And I, and, and I, I get that. And, and I just don't, I don't know. Feel good. Taking something away from them that doesn't feel like they deserve to lose. If Correct, but I also like what we're what are we what are we truly like what are we doing though if we're now if we're just talking competitiveness in football and we're not talking about health anymore of a player in this circumstance, what why are we why are we going out of our way to f with the entire playoff system? Yeah, it makes it complicated. I don't think I'd go this because we wouldn't be doing this if it happened in week two. I can tell you that. We wouldn't have said in week two that just in case this happens, Cody, just in case there's some weird scenarios in week 18, we're going to go ahead and proactively, we're, we're going to go ahead and, and take away the, the one seed's benefit of getting both the home field advantage and a buyer. We're going to take away a home playoff game. Neutral site? Who's deciding the neutral site? That, What's that ne- to me is not, that's a way better idea than the other one. The, yeah, it, it's the, the, the way better. I just don't, I don't get it, man. There's still going to be the funny part is about that is like you haven't taken away all the advantage for Kansas City for getting the bye, by the way, because they still would get to play one less game. They would still get the easier opponent in the second round. You're only making it. And it's but why is the game neutral? I mean, honestly, like what? Why is the game need to be neutral, though? Because they're trying to make it because in the current in the system of let's just say everybody wins. The biggest beneficiary to a game not being played is the Chiefs, a team that was the least impacted by everything that took place. And it's unfortunate, but I that's, like, that's but reality just, of where just, we're at, man. But I'm just saying, like that. that Take would be the, the Chiefs out. Let's say it benefited the Baltimore Ravens. Like, you think you think Baltimore should get screwed because of it? Take, no. take the Chiefs out of it. Let's, let's assume this was between Buffalo, Baltimore, and Cincinnati. To me, I have been doing that. I still think that if you do the neutral site, you are choosing the thing. That least benefits that like the Chiefs still get a benefit. They would get the buy. They would get to play the lesser quality opponent. Hypothetically, they would get the best statistical advantage going into it. And you are impacting less the Bills and Bengals in that situation because if they were to get to an AF, now here's the thing, it'd be a different record. The team, the Bengals now in this scenario might get a super benefit by the time it comes to they were they were very unlikely to get the number one seed. If they, not very, but they were unlikely, the least likely of the three to get the number one seed. Then if they get into an AFC title game against the Chiefs, they get a neutral site. That seems like a pretty good benefit for them, for a team. But again, they didn't do anything wrong. I don't, the neutral site one bothers me way less than the others, but 
they all seem like they're doing too much. So you're, oh, so you're under the understanding that the neutral site would be for if the AFC title game involved any of the top three seeds? Well, on, they said if it involved teams with a differing number of games. So if Buffalo or Cincinnati was one of the two teams in the AFC title game. So the game, only way in that scenario that the Chiefs would host an AFC title game, if obviously they would have is to if win. if they took on a four-seed or lower. That's, that's ridiculous. And even if the Chiefs lost the divisional round game, if you told me the scenario was that Cincinnati, let's say the Chiefs lost in the divisional round and the AFC title game was Buffalo and Cincinnati. Then it would be in Buffalo. No, that should be a neutral site game. But it's not because they don't have a differing number of games. That's based That's on the just, dumbest just thing. simply based you, on me, the way it's that they're reporting it. All or nothing here. If you're going to tell me going in that is like up in the air idea, Cody, of neutral site game, then go ahead and make the decision right now. The AFC title game this year is neutral. Just go ahead and make that decision now then. If you're going to do this BS, not, not, not only if we're just right now, let's make the decision. No matter how, let's say the six and the five seeds went out and they just went out and they go, that's a neutral site game. Then as well, what are we doing? We're making up. I can make up rules too. I can make up rules on the fly as well. This is ridiculous. The problem is it's only a neutral side. If it F's the chiefs now. So we're, we're trying to overcompensate. But the Chiefs would still get a benefit. You know, they would still get the buy. They would still get things that they weren't guaranteed to get. As of six o'clock on Monday night, they weren't guaranteed. I understand. Like, and it is like to me, if there is a time to do something abnormal, it is certainly at a time where something unprecedented took place on a football field. Like that is the time to do something abnormal. Let's hear from Adam Schefter. This is the most likely scenario. He says for how the NFL is going to settle this dilemma that they have on their hands. The other one that I think might be even more viable and more discussed and might be the one that the league enacts before Saturday's game is this. If there is an AFC championship game in the end that involves teams that don't have the same amount of games played, where Monday night's non-result factors into who gets home field advantage, here's what I think the league would do. I think the league would say, we're not going to have any home field advantage this year. We're going to play the conference championship game on a neutral site. So that would also apply then, now that we hear the full answer. To everybody. So not quite differing games. So yeah. Buffalo, let's say, advances the AFC title game, and they're playing the Chargers. Let's just say in that example. Ignore the fact neutral that. Neutral site. Neutral site. Anything involving Buffalo. Anybody about Buffalo or Cincinnati. Yeah. Two or, teams who are pretty likely yeah. to be in the AFC title game, just yeah. by the way. So if it, even if it were just, Cincinnati and Kansas City, that it would, would still be a neutral, neutral site. site. Correct, yeah. which would be a pretty good benefit to Cincinnati to play a neutral site game in a game that they were unlikely to do so. But it's like you're looking for, to me, that one, the neutral site one, is at least kind of playing the middle a little. I it guess, seems man. unnecessarily complicated, I will admit. I would say that they, like you should really, in this case, probably just choose the easiest solution. Because no matter what, because this is the problem. Here's the issue is like right now you're in Kansas City. And you're like, this is nonsense. They're screwing the Chiefs. They're mm -hmm. taking away their home game. Mm -hmm. That's how Buffalo feels, man. That's how Buffalo feels about this whole thing. Right. But the That's Chiefs a, are playing eight. The Chiefs are playing 17 games. I know, but it's not Buffalo's fault. They only it's played not, 17. Nobody's saying it's Buffalo's fault. So it's just like, I understand why the neutral site conversation comes up in an NFL office. Because you were looking for something that seems kind of fair. We said going into this, and I think this still stands. There is no reasonable option that is perfectly fair for everyone correct there is no one 
because Buffalo, Cincinnati, they're never going to feel like it's fair that they didn't get to play that game, and Kansas City's in line for the one seed. What's so weird about all of this is they lose to the Raiders. We have wasted a lot of breath on this air. <laughs> well, or Buffalo loses the Patriots, right? Yeah. Then we've, we've spent a lot of time talking about, well, or and if they choose, to, here's the problem is, this is why I don't think it's going to happen is, if you choose this, you say it's a neutral site no matter what, and Buffalo loses, the Chiefs win. Buffalo loses the Patriots on Sunday. The Chiefs win. Cincinnati loses to the Ravens, whatever. Doesn't matter. All those things happen, and the Chiefs were always going to be the one seed. Now they're going to play a neutral site game in a year where they were always going to be the one seed. Makes that's, that's when I could understand your frustration or fans' frustration be like, man, now it's a neutral site game, and it was never going to be. It was never going to be a neutral site game, and now we've turned it into that. I think the if they're going to make yeah. this decision before Saturday's game, which Schefter said they want to do, right. I don't know how you could end up in that determination. Yeah, the one thing that I think is very clear, no matter all these scenarios that are thrown out, is that this game, we all agree now, is not getting made up. Like I don't think so. At the beginning of that clip, at like the beginning it, of that clip that I didn't cut yeah. for you guys, he did say that everybody in, seems to be in sort of unison that that game just has bad mojo. You don't want to play it and then right. bring up memories of what yeah. happened on Monday, so it's probably just never going to be replayed. New new suggestion, helpful from the text line. It's not a neutral side game. The Chiefs could have played home, but Carl Sheffers is the ref. <laughs> what do you guys think? Yeah. Does that seem fair for everybody? Yeah, that balances it out a little bit. That, that, that's <laughs> the worst possible. <laughs> <laughs> No? I'd rather play every game on the road I saw than have worried. one game refereed by Carl Sheffers. Some people were worried that Carl Sheffers was going to officiate the Chiefs Raiders game this weekend to make sure that this is not even a scenario the NFL has to worry about. I'd rather, I'd rather play on the road for every game and gift the other team seven points than have one game, even in Arrowhead, refereed by Carl Sheffers. <laughs> Let's get to Nick's notable notes. Nick's notable notes. All right, guys, lost in the shuffle of all the news coming out around the NFL and what they're to do here in week 18 and the playoff schedule is the fact that the 2023 finalists for the NFL Hall of Fame were released yesterday. Three first time finalists in Dwight Freeney, Joe Thomas and Darrell Revis. We know the NFL isn't always keen on letting guys in the first time around. Yeah. I mean, there were some notable players last year, including Devin Hester, Andre Johnson, uh, Jared Allen's been eligible for a couple of years. Same with DeMarcus Ware. Do we think any of these guys will get in at their first crack? Joe Thomas, I think, has a really good chance. This is his first go around, right? Uh, I I think think so. I think he's probably, if you're asking, like, who's most likely on the first go, that would be my pick. Uh, if there's anybody that's the first ballot of this group that's semifinalists, uh, yeah, I, I would lean towards Joe Thomas. Maybe it's tricky because he's an offensive lineman, and maybe you think that's going to make it a little bit longer. Um, but that would be my my pick if it was someone getting in immediately. That seems like the most likely one out of the entire list I saw. So I don't know. Revis was a five-time yeah, first-team All-Pro. And, and NFL, the Hall of Fame committee cares about that. All pros That matters matter way, way, way more for your legacy than Pro Bowls do. That's why it's so important yeah. that guys put such an emphasis on getting those all pro because that's how you get into the Hall of Fame. And he's got five of them. It's pretty good. But the problem is, is he doesn't have the longevity. And that's what we talk about so often when it comes to Hall of Fame. We can look at a guy who has a great three, four, five year run. But then you say by age 30, his best football was behind him, where a lot of times that's where guys sort of earn their Hall of Fame nomination by playing well over a, a sustained period yeah. of time. But, I mean, you know, it's hard, though, because, like, to me, then why why does Terrell Davis get to be in? You know? Like, Terrell Davis was tremendous for a very – but for a short period of time. 
for the same amount of time Jamal Charles was. Terrell Davis got the trophy, right? right? He got the two the trophies. Whole, the whole resume in the That's Super Bowl gonna, weighs but, heavily, unfortunately. But every other stat are almost yeah. identical in the career. Total yardage, total touchdowns, you know, like all of those things are very similar. Like, I think it's certain positions, certainly ones that yeah. die quickly, we should be way more forgiving of it. Corner is one of those positions that you are great for seven years and then you stick. Yeah, but then you have guys like Champ Bailey who sort of buck that trend and you say, well, if this is sort of the type of player that gets into the Hall of Fame, then I'm not going to reward someone who has half the shelf life of that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I get that as well. I also, we just know, maybe you think it's different because it's a quarterback. But like Matthew Stafford, we, we had this discussion after he just won a ring. Like Matthew Stafford's probably going to make the Hall of Fame now. You look at his numbers, and now he's got the ring. That ring pushes him over. See, that's what's weird but about it. Like, I mean, don't you think he's going to now? But just like the smell mm-hmm. test, you're like, hey, at any point, did you think Matthew Stafford was the best quarterback in but the entire going, NFL? he's going to. For though. five years in the NFL, we knew Darrell Revis was the best cornerback in the entire NFL. It's like It doesn't sound right, Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame. That's why you all, if you're watching the video stream, both Cody and Nick made weird faces immediately after I said it. But, like, yeah. it doesn't sound right. I get it. Matthew Stafford Hall of Fame. What? Well, you know, look, who, at, look at the numbers. Now like he's got it. the ring, and, like, he's... With the exception of Joe Thomas, the guy who has the best resume of any of the guys we've mentioned is a guy who got snubbed last year, Devin Hester. Like, if you're not going to reward the best player at the history of what he did, right? He's the the best specialist ever. Then what is the point of having? I mean, we know the impact that he had on games and how long he did it for and being the best to ever do it. Like, do you not get rewarded for that? Well, Honestly, the, the next, the next special teams ju- player who gets in is Justin Tucker. They already put him in. Go ahead and put Justin Tucker in already as an active player. Just do it. One guy who could be headed for the Hall of Fame eventually, Devontae Adams, said on Wednesday that he absolutely wants to remain a Raider in 2023, regardless of Derek Carr's status with the team. He said that, quote, my dream was to play for this team before Carr was a Raider. Obviously, at this point, I want to try and make this thing work and continue doing what I'm doing here. He's from Palo Alto, California. That's his childhood team. But he did have an interesting comment when talking about the future of the Raiders and if he would have any say in where they go from here with the quarterback position. Here's Devontae Adams. You know, obviously they don't have to do anything as far as I'm not I'm not a part of the you know the front office, but um, obviously they know the reason why I came here. And, you know, a step like this is obviously something that means a lot to me and in, in my personal career. And obviously what I'm trying to chase as far as, you know, the ultimate pursuit to, to get that ring. So, um, and I'm not a guy that's just gonna come in here just saying anything. They know, you know, whether it's about the scheme or if it's, it's about personnel, whatever it is, you know, there's a rhyme to the reason. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have something behind whatever it is that I'm thinking and I'm saying. So it sounds like Devontae Adams wants to be a Raider, but also you guys better check with me when you decide what you're doing at that position this offseason. Please don't choose Daniel yeah. Jones if you think I'm sticking around If you around guys draft Will Levis, I'm gone. <laughs> it's like I, I Honestly, let... that's a perfectly reasonable threat if you're Devontae <laughs> Adams. Yeah, I, they they quickly would find out if whoever they draft or sign has a bad season next year. Then Devontae, his answer might be a little bit different after yeah. next football season. Suddenly he may not actually want to play for the childhood team as much as he once did. I'll be honest so with late. you. The, the, the farther away we get from it, the more I wouldn't be shocked to see Derek Carr wind up in Vegas again next year, even if they do draft a quarterback what? in the first round. Yeah. How? I, I think, I think someone's going to pay a hundred million dollars to go be their quarterback well, the in New co- York. The, I don't think the Ra- I think the Raiders will handle it somewhat similar to how the Niners handled, handled Jimmy Garoppolo, which we all thought there was going to be a deal made. But if they don't get the right mm-hmm. deal, 
that cap space is not worth potentially having a veteran quarterback on your roster, especially if you bring in a guy like Will Levis or C.J. Stroud. I don't think the teams that the teams that are quarterback strapped, right? If we're looking at the Panthers, the Falcons, Washington, the Jets, I'm not sure any of those are going to give up the type of haul that the Raiders would want in return for a trade, which is exactly what happened, though. He's either he's he's getting cut or he's or you're saying he's staying. He's not. not nobody's trading. You're right. No, I agree with you. Nobody's that's trading the, for Derek Carr. That's the thing. I'm not so gonna, sure that they're going to cut him outright just to save the cap. Do you space. think they'll just eat the money and keep? You moving think they're going to have a forty three million dollar backup quarterback next year? Well, the cap space if they release him would only be about what thirty Jimmy million dollars. So a thirty million dollar backup quarterback. Thirty four million. That's is basically what, he's what the they, Niners they did. Nick, they. They literally told him, we don't want you near the facility for the fi- as a distraction for the final two. The other but that's season. exactly what happened with San Francisco. They weren't even letting Jimmy Garoppolo practice with the team. But they decided it was more valuable to them to have a veteran quarterback behind their young quarterback that they drafted. One, Jim, Jimmy G wasn't one, healthy. One major difference, Jimmy G did take a pay cut. And Jimmy G wasn't healthy. Do you think healthy. Carl do that? Jimmy G wasn't no. healthy. Nope, they couldn't even try to shop Jimmy G. Yeah, because he wasn't healthy all offseason. Derek Carr would be. It's interesting. Would someone trade for Derek Carr at three years? No, I don't think so. $120 million or whatever the hell is left on his contract? Why? Yeah, I I wouldn't. I'm just asking if somebody would. Like, would you give up a seventh to pay him $120 million, <laughs> I guess, is the argument. And that's the weird thing. The Raiders also wouldn't only take a seventh, so yeah, therefore, like, nothing. If you, like, hypothetically, if you did have to do a trade, the Raiders are going to ask for a lot. The Raiders are probably going to ask for at least a second-round pick because they're going to say this is a starting caliber top 15 quarterback. We're not just giving him to you like, for chump Someone change. traded for Carson Wentz last year. You and, think we're just going to give and, him And, and Washington's not that's... doing it. The Jets aren't doing it. The Falcons aren't doing it. The Titans, whoever you think needs a quarterback, I don't think any of them are giving up that much. Those are Nick's notable notes. Coming up next, we'll talk to former Chiefs wide receiver Danon Hughes, get his perspective uh, on this weekend and also the latest scenario and option that was thrown out from Adam Schefter involving the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati. You're listening to Cody and Gold, brought to you by Gan Asphalt and Concrete. For asphalt, concrete, and parking lot maintenance, Gan Asphalt and Concrete. One contractor, all things parking lot. Trusted in Kansas City since 1994. Online at gannasphalt.com. Don't miss Alex's That Betting Show every Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Right here on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app.